That is hardcore. This is hardcore shit. But for me, it's harder and harder to resist. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hardcore Horror with Mike and Bridget. Bridget, are you there? Yes, I am here. What's up, Mike? What? Okay, we have a show tonight. Uh, let me see. What is our? We have a guest tonight. Tell me, tell me who we got. Oh my gosh, we're so excited. Um, Susan Lanier. Susan Love Lanier, her. Yeah. Scream Queen. She's um, mostly famous for The Hills Have Eyes. But the Hills Have Eyes, man. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, uh, yes, go watch the original. It right now. Yeah, the, the original. original. Go watch it right now. Yes. Uh, and that movie, you know, we, we do hardcore horror here. That one's a hardcore horror film, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Say, yeah, I would say it is for sure. Um, you know, Wes Craven, man. Uh, wow. What can you say about that guy? I mean, not everything that he did was gold, but look at all the ones that were, <laughs> you know? Man, I'm telling you what, and what I love about Wes Craven is all the things he did. Like, his his stories are so different from mm-hmm. anything that you've seen. Yeah. Um, and I was just um, looking, um, uh, Full Moon Cineplex is um, gonna play The Serpent and the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so underrated, but oh my God, I was like, I'd love to see that in, on a theater screen. So he, do, he does have a that. lot. I mean, he does have a lot of films like that that are just underrated. But then, yeah. you know, and you know, the big four, obviously I would say, Last House on the Left, Hills Have Eyes. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream probably were probably the big four, right? Yeah. I mean, but then you know you got people on the stairs. God, that's one of my all-time favorites. I've seen it yeah. so many times. Yeah, I love there's... it. So many good ones. So many good ones. So yeah, uh, yeah we'll talk to her and see what all she has to say about uh, the Hills Have Eyes and other projects that she's doing as well. Before we get to that, let's uh, talk about a couple of things. So last week we talked about some uh, upcoming horror movies for. Halloween, Halloween being the cinema time that everybody is watching horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so there's a lot of those. We didn't even really touch the surface of those, but there's also a lot of Halloween TV shows coming out. Uh, do you know about any of these? And uh, are you going to watch any? Are you excited about any of this stuff? Uh, let's just run through a few of them, see what you think about it. Okay. Else, okay. Okay. Uh, so obviously, the first one uh, is season twelve of American Horror Story. Uh, First uh, episode of that just dropped recently. Uh, are you a fan of that series? Are you over it? Uh, did you even? So I, I think at some point I kind of got over it. I mm-hmm. want to say that I watched like the first five season like religiously. Okay. And yeah. then they just kind of started getting like too far out there for me, and <laughs> yeah, I just lost lost interest after a while. What about you? Is this something I've, we've never talked about that before? Never talked about. Mm-hmm. American American story. Story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can agree with it. the first few seasons were the best for sure. You know, there were some really, really good ones there. Uh, I watched every single episode of it. Um, it's definitely been downhill for me personally uh, in the last few seasons. Uh, there's a few shiny, shiny moments there. Hotel, if you watch that one with Lady Gaga, that one was really good. And um, there's, there's been a few that have been really good, but yeah, it's kind of getting hit or miss. I think this new one is delicate. It's um, delicate. It's based off of a novel. I I watched the first episode. Uh, I mean, it just sort of gives me like Rosemary's Baby vibes. I'm not sure where it's going to go with it. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, um, you know, now they even have Kim Kardashian in it and stuff like that. So it's almost becoming a little bit uh, 
Oh, that's like meta, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that Kim Kardashian yeah. was in. Yeah. I'm like, you kind of run it for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, I will see how it goes. I, I will watch it for a while, but it, it's one of those shows that I, I would not be sad if they said this is the last season. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, some, some, some shows, they really just wear their welcome out. And, um, you know, like as much as I love Supernatural, I didn't finish all the seasons. There was just so many of them. Um, and there's certain ones like that. And there's certain ones, you know, that I, I did finish, but kind of begrudgingly. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's one of those that's just kind of, eh, I'll watch it for now. But um, sorry, there's that. Uh, there's also The Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, that one's coming out uh, uh, from Mike Flanagan. You know Mike Flanagan? Guy who did yeah. uh, the House on Haunted Hill and all that, um, mm-hmm. a lot of great ser- series, Midnight Mass, and all that. I, I really enjoy most of everything he's done. To be honest, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I think it should be a, a good. It looks like he's inter- intertwining a lot of Edgar Allan Poe's stories and stuff, and making them kind of inside the story of the house of usher so i'll watch this one it's going to be on netflix i think yeah i did see the trailer for that one and i do remember saying you know I, it's hard for me to watch a show because you have to dedicate that time it's not mm-hmm. like hey i can just watch them you know a two-hour feature film like right. if you're if you have to invest in a yeah. show that you're going to watch yeah. but i did see the trailer for it and i was like you know what i, I think i would actually watch that one yeah i i love the honey the Hill house i i just think that's uh it's a great uh, show man i think you did great with that so i am looking forward to that one uh there's an updated version of goosebumps that's coming out i think that was on hulu uh there's american horror stories which is like a spinoff of american horror story it's kind of just a fuel episode anthology thing not really uh connecting stories there that's mm-hmm. uh there's a some kind of animated thing called fright crew uh some thing called living for the dead um on shutter that New season of Dragula. That's the the Boulay brothers. If you like that sort of stuff, Chucky's got season three coming out. Um, here's a, here's one that I thought was interesting. John Carpenter's Suburban Screams. Have you heard about this one? I don't think so. Where you now? Where's this streaming out? I want to say it's going to be Peacock, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, it's John Carpenter, right? And mm-hmm. um, but it's like it's some kind of like horror based but like almost reality thing because it's like these people are telling real life horrific stories and like i guess they're kind of like doing horror versions of it i don't know it's carpenter so i'm gonna check it out would you say it was called john carpenter's what is it called it's called john carpenter's suburban screams suburban screams okay Mm -hmm. yeah and that one's coming out pretty soon um, of course, The Walking Dead, they're still doing spinoffs. Um, Daryl Dixon, I think, just, just started. Uh, I haven't seen any of that yet. Um, the Changeling is uh, one, I think it's on Prime. I haven't watched it, but it's already a few episodes in already. Uh, now, there's some other ones like Creep Show four, Season 4 is supposed to be going on, and uh, Shining Veil, vale, which I like the first uh, uh, season of that. Part Season 2 is supposed to be going on. Uh, Wolf Like Me. Season two, I watched a little bit of part uh, one, and then um, I don't know. You was supposed to drop the the last season of you, but I don't think that's happening now because of the strike. Um, so some of these may not happen because of the strike. I'm not exactly sure, but they were kind of slated to, to happen. But that that's not even all of them, I and mean, that's just that, that's a list right there, you know. 
Yeah, that's a big list that for for horror, for horror shows. It is, don't you think? It is. Yeah, there's just so much stuff, and you always have to pick and choose what to watch. Uh, the one the one that I'm really most excited about, I think, is the the, the Fall of the House of Usher, uh, and and maybe John Carper's uh, Suburban Screen. I don't know if I'll enjoy that, but I want to check it out to see. At least see, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. I, and I do enjoy Creep Show. Uh, if, I don't know if you watched any of the uh, first three seasons. Oh yet. God, yeah, of course, yeah. of but, course. Uh, I, I do love those as well, so uh, that should be good as, as I do, well. I do too, and that's the, the good thing about Creep Show is that you you don't have you don't necessarily have to invest in the time because they're all their own individual stories. So that's I true. like yes. that if I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to bed in you know like an hour. I don't want to watch a whole feature film. It's like the yeah. per- perfect thing to watch for sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of watching, what have you been watching? So I have a really short list, but um, so I want, um, and this is a lot of my movies are ones that you've already watched and I had on my list. So killer book club. Um, um, It was, it was okay. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen. It Um, was the nineties. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. It was scream. Yes. It's a scream, baby. So Somebody I should have said, I'm feeling a little woozy here. I know. I couldn't help. I'm like, you said, you mentioned on the podcast, and I was like, dude, he pretty much fucking nailed it when he said that because it's your sober hate. It is. It's, it's, uh, I, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it either. But mm-hmm. um, so I also watched Boxing Helena. Exactly. Um, so I, I, it was, I wasn't. I didn't really like it. So you didn't like it. <laughs> it was what? okay. Um, uh, my favorite thing of uh, my favorite part of that movie was the um, the the sex scene. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, that's kind of hot. But I guess I didn't like the you know. All, I was thinking, oh, this was happening. It was like his dream. Okay, so I thought that might have been the thing that that threw you. You didn't like that the ending. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to take that away to kind of really enjoy it, <laughs> you know. You, you kinda, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, that that does that that sort of play usually doesn't end well with a movie <laughs> when you when it's all a dream. But spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't really think of that. If I do, if I did think of that, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's all for nothing kind of thing. So it, it isn't disappointing. But just the journey itself, I I enjoy. I think. It's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Because I was, you know, there's. He, you know, she she gets run over. Like, yeah, spoiler alert. And then, then she pisses him off or something. And she's sitting there, and I'm like, she doesn't have any arms. Oh my <laughs> god, he cut her arms off. You know, and him being the doctor, I was, that was kind of cool up until the very end. You're right. That was the only thing I was just like, oh man, it was a train the whole time. That would have been so great if it was like uh, really happening. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, I, I assume that they got to a point where he's like, I don't know where I can go with this. Or yeah, uh, uh, she did. That's uh, David Lynch's daughter. I was like, ah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So yeah, that was, that was okay. Um, there were some things I would change about it, but mm-hmm. um, and it was really hard to find this movie. Like yeah. I looked everywhere, and I finally was able to um, stream it. So I'm glad I got to at least watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so another movie. So here's a, here's a funny thing. Um, so when you recommend movies, I always have a list. I usually just kind of put them in my phone and sometimes my phone will do like a spell checker and I'm like, Oh my God, was that the name of the movie or not? So I can't remember what I had wrote down, but I was like, but it's not the name of a movie. It was red something. 
and I think that I found it, which was Red State. Was that a movie? That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's it's funny because my I must have like typed a wrong letter or something in my phone, but I did finally figure. I was like, that has to be it. So that was kind of different. That was. Did you, um, did you like it? I did like it. I did. Yeah. Um, there there were some things I would change, like um the uh, the pastor when he was doing like his sermon. I was like. Oh my God, this insane is going on way <laughs> too long. And I get it. They were trying to help you to understand the character. And I totally get that. But, you know, when the, when it first shows the, the guy that's tied up, I was like, oh my God, that's pretty, that's pretty fucking creepy. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I thought, and, you know, the three boys that were going to screw this, you know, old lady, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I thought it was kind of funny. Well, so, yeah, it is made by Kevin Smith. So, um, uh, I mean, I, I was always a huge Kevin Smith fan. So when I heard that he was doing a, a horror movie, um, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. So when I first watched it, I was a little bit kind of disappointed because I don't know what I wanted. I think I wanted like slasher or something. I don't know what I was expecting. But uh, but uh, upon uh, repeat viewings, I actually love the movie. I think it's awesome. But uh, I, I don't know what I was thinking. But I definitely didn't think it was going to be this sort of raw and sort of gritty you know yeah so so kevin smith tell me really quick tell me about some kevin smith um previous work uh, he did clerks chase and amy jay and silent bob dogma stuff like that i did not realize it was the same person <laughs> oh, yeah. what? wow okay okay mm -hmm. that's yeah so uh red state that was completely different from anything else he's done completely different completely well good different. good for him good for him and the storyline was different and um i thought that was good like the he's like oh it's like craigslist or for whatever i don't know scrolling <laughs> through the phone i was like oh, this is kind of funny but anyways it was good it was good i did i did like it there were some said things i would change but for the most part I did, I did enjoy it um i did a rewatch of um a movie that i actually bought this movie um um we were in knoxville at groundhouse video uh 976 evil oh yeah yeah that's a uh, that's robert england Robert England, yeah, and I I've always loved this movie. Um, mm -hmm. I loved it the first time I watched it, and it's it's funny. I did a little bit of research on it, and it has pretty bad reviews. Did you ever know? Yeah, that? I, I mean, I I didn't think it was very successful. I mean, it did it was successful enough to have a sequel, but it wasn't. Uh, I didn't even know it had a sequel. There is I no a sequel. Idea. Yeah, I don't. Robert's not involved. I don't think at all, but. Yeah, there is a sequel. Um, I didn't think it was. Pro I knew that he only directed like a couple things, so I didn't figure it was probably that successful. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love I love Nine Seven Six Evil. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously, like the the Nine Seven Six that would be like the number. Like, <laughs> I guess you're really I'm really gonna show my age here. Remember, Nine Seven Six was like where you'd call to like. Get the weather, or yeah, yeah, go and yeah. like listen to hot chicks or whatever. Yeah, one of the yeah. nine seven six numbers. So I did, yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> but I, I, the movie itself, there's some weird, like weird little things in it. But the movie itself, I think the the cast, the the acting was so spot on. Um, it's got some funny scenes in it. You got some comedy, some good kill scenes, and um, you know, I I really enjoyed the movie um, so much that I actually bought it. So there's that. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have from on my list. I did do a rewatch earlier today of The Hills Have Eyes, but yes. um, we can talk about that when we talk to Susan. Yes, so. I, I, I rewatched that as well, so we'll talk about it. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay, so I got a, I got a little bit of a list here. Not too much. All right. All right. So rewatch of Megan. Um, I I watched a movie called Haunted from 1995. Uh, this one was a little hard to find too. Um, it's uh, a skeptical professor visits a remote British estate to debunk allegations of psychic phenomena, but soon finds himself haunted by a ghost of his own past. It's got uh, Kate Beckinsale in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of her earlier stuff. A little bit harder to find. Kind of a ghost story. Um, it's rated R, but um, other than some brief nudity, it's mostly pretty tame. Uh, but it's a, it's a it's a pretty good little ghost story. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I mean, probably not for everybody, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, up next was Natty Knox. Natty Knox. That's a new little indie horror film. It's got our old boy Bill Mosley in it. Danielle Harris is in it. And Robert England is in it for a little bit. Um, this one was I pretty. feel like I've heard of it. I've heard of it, but yeah. it, um, I haven't seen it. So did, um, tell, tell me about it. Uh, small town babysitter and the kid she is looking after struggle to survive a serial killer on Halloween Eve. <clears throat> um, it's it's kind of has its own little legend and lore about Natty Knox and stuff, and it's like her son and the the revenge sort of thing. Pretty decent, pretty decent little horror film, little indie uh, film. Bill Mosley's in it quite a bit. Robert England really mostly I would call it more like a cameo for him, but yeah. Uh, and, and Daniel Harris plays more like a mom role, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty good. I was entertained. I was. I mean, it wasn't like amazing, but I, I liked it. Okay. Um, up next was a rewatch of the remake of I Spit on Your Grave. Did you like the remake? I did like it. Yeah, I, I actually enjoy. It. I, I obviously I think the original is the best, but this one's pretty mm-hmm. good. And I, and and you know, people probably you know condemn the the original for all the voyeuristic stuff on the woman. This one really focuses on the the revenge, you know. It does it, focus yeah. on the revenge a hundred percent, and yeah. that's it's one of the things I love about it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so oh, yeah. they they really get their comeuppance there. So um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Up next was a little movie, new movie called The Elevator Game or Elevator Game. Elevator Game. I don't. I'm not familiar with this one. Uh, I believe this one's on Shutter. Supernatural horror based on an online phenomenon, a ritual conducted in an elevator, which players attempt to travel to another dimension using a set of rules that can be found online. Um, it was decent. Um, so I was gonna movie. say, I was gonna say, like, just based off of what you just read, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't sound like something I would watch. But. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what you would call a typical horror movie, I'd say. You know, okay. it, it, it pushes all those tropes. I mean, nothing nothing new to write home about, really, but nothing, but not terrible. Not like, oh my god, I wasted my time. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I did talk about uh, Chucky season three is coming out soon. I just finished season two of Chucky. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I didn't know that you were watching that. I remember we <clears throat> talked about it when it first came out because um, mm-hmm. I watched the first season of it and I, I liked it. I liked it. I don't know why I didn't go back and watch more of it, but um, yeah. To- yeah. So is it 
is it just as good as the first season? Does I it? I mean, it's just getting wilder and wilder. It's like is meta, it? meta okay. upon meta upon meta. Like, it, like it's way okay. more meta than Scream would ever think to be. Like, there's just so many layers here, you know, because you have like Tiffany, Jennifer Tilly playing Tiffany in in Jennifer Tilly's body. It's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Okay, there's a lot of a lot of meta stuff here. A lot of stories in the stories, and well, it's just like. I mean, they're really joke jokes upon jokes from all the films put together, and then even again, they're real life char- characters or the real life actors playing the characters, playing themselves. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot going on. I enjoy it. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you like the first one, I think you should let you should like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, worth, worth a watch. It's on Peacock. Uh, up next, I'll watch the new movie, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Have you heard about this one? I don't think so. It's the one about the ship, you know, where the Dracula's on it. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that was the name of it. Um, did you? So I thought when I saw the trailer for it, I thought it would be good. Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's well shot and the acting is good and everything. I, I mean, I think... Um, some of the stuff is just kind of the thing is is like this is just a passage uh, uh, in the book of dracula if you ever read the book so this is like a passage of it um <clears throat> and so it's very short really um as far as like to what's to be told about it um i think that and the guy who directed this is the guy who directed um what's that one uh the autopsy of jane doe Okay, and I, lo- and I love that movie. I think it's I love that movie too. Fantastic, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. And you know, so you got these one setting again, but it's just this different scenario. It it doesn't work as well. I don't think it did as well um, in the box office, and I guess I can kind of see why because it's not like it is kind of play by the numbers. I will tell you the, this: the ending kind of pissed me off. Oh. I, I didn't really like it. It, it. it went too Hollywood with the ending. I'm just like, it's like, this is a story in a book, but you know how it is. But you want to mm-hmm. switch it up, right? Uh, Why do you have okay. to switch it? Why do you have to switch it up? Just, just do it. Why do you take and, something so great and fuck uh, it up, right? Well, well, I mean, you know, if if you expect the ride but you're willing to go along the ride knowing what the ride is going to be why not just make the ride instead of going oh let's do it like this so there was that did kind of annoy me um but i mean as far as like overall i mean it's it's pretty decent it's just not a great movie you know so that that everything you're saying so i've been thinking about this a a lot with a lot of movies that i've been watching um and i wanted to talk to you about it how the ending can so impact how you feel about the entire film yeah yeah um, i mean a, a good ending can save a film and a bad ending can ruin a film yeah easy so, easy yeah. i was thinking about that i'm like oh man i never realized like damn you cannot fuck it up at the end because it can ruin your entire opinion about a movie and there there's some people out there um you know they'll, they'll say oh you love horror movies well did, did that movie have a good ending i'm like well i guess it depends what you mean by a good ending <laughs> well did um you know did the bad guys die i'm like that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good ending but it's <laughs> no. funny how everybody has like different opinions you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but 
um, yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, but I, I guess I'll start thinking about when I watch Boxing Helena because I was like, oh my god, the ending, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 stuff like that. Though you have to take the ending out to really enjoy it. Yeah, uh, which, which to me that that ending can be separated because it is kind of like a a coda part like it, it's really not a part of the story it's just like a aha moment you know yeah yeah <clears throat> but if you, you could take it out and you still have a story right but with yeah. this with this they, they they had to change the story to a degree and say like, eh, come on mm-hmm. okay don't do that, don't do that. <clears throat> um up next was a little film called the ones you didn't burn it's a little indie film about a guy whose family was mm, the people that were responsible for burning witches but they didn't get them all did did you like it? Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, to be honest, um, I probably would need to watch it again to really, really remember a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. wouldn't say it was like one of those movies that stuck out in my mind. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> up next was uh, Crazy Fat Ethel. I've never even heard of it. I don't think so. <laughs> well, well, I, I watched this because uh, we are. Uh, um, we have a guest coming up, and her name's Athena, and she's in this movie. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, after years in a mental institution, Ethel is taken in by her aunt. Although many people, including the institution's head nurse and a local detective, believe that the discharging her was a huge mistake. Uh, it's a little indie film. Um, Athena has a pretty good little part in here. We'll talk to her about it whenever we get her on. Okay. And uh, and everything, but yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty decent little uh, little indie film. <clears throat> Up next was uh, Blood Moon. Have you ever seen this movie? Blood Moon. I feel like I have. Tell me what it's about. And I'll tell okay. you. Okay. Well, it came out in 1990. It's like right mm-hmm. at the end of that uh, 80s vibe. So he still has that look and feel of the slasher uh, vibe. I want to say this is a British movie. And maybe it's just because they're, they are British or playing British characters. Maybe it's not from. But anyway. A serial killer is on the loose at an all-girls school where he strangles girls with a piece of barbed wire. Um, so, you, so you have a good weapon and everything, and it, it looks cool when you're killing people and everything. Um, I, I liked it. It's it's a decent movie. I'll tell you, it's too long. It's an it's a an hour and forty minutes, mm-hmm. and, and it's just a little too long um, because there's this, I think some some filler in there um, that could have probably been cut. But mm-hmm. uh, but one of the, the I guess the big thing is, you know, unlike a, most of these movies where they don't reveal the killer to the end, you know, mm-hmm. they actually reveal the killer midway through this movie. Oh, so, so that's start, different. Yeah. So they start off and it is just like a typical slasher where you just see like kind of the hands and you don't know who is doing what and whatever, you know, but then they just reveal it in the middle. So that's a it's a little interesting. I'm not sure if it's better that way but it is different yeah for sure worth a watch though worth a watch that's that's a blood moon blood moon okay okay i don't <clears> think I've, i i it sounds so familiar to me but i don't i don't think i've actually seen it so all right blood moon from 1990 up next was the red sin tower the red sin tower okay uh-huh. and this is another movie that athena has a little small cameo in uh and this is by fred vogel uh if you know Fred Vogel, he's uh, known for those uh, <clears throat> August Underground movies. Oh, oh okay. So, yeah. so yeah. was this um, extreme? Um, it wasn't as extreme as that. No, uh, 
it's it's it has its moments. It does have its moments, but it's not as extreme as that at all. Uh, you'd be surprised, really. But I, I did enjoy it. I think it's a really good movie, honestly. Um, it starts out like with typical teen stuff, and it's it's maybe a little slow to get going as far as like all the stuff. But um, but the dialogue's pretty decent for a, a low budget movie, I thought overall, and it, it moves along pretty good. And then, so it's kind of like a mix of say like uh, the Night of the Demons meets Evil Dead. Oh, okay. okay. So, it's, so it's different. It's definitely different than those other kind of movies. But, I, but honestly, well done. Um, I liked it. That was really good. Okay, so that's the the Red Sin Tower. The, the, the Red, Red Sin Tower. Yep. Okay, got it. Uh, up next was a little movie that um, you didn't get to finish. That we'll talk about more in depthly when you do. But uh, <laughs> it Melon- was long too. I'm just saying <laughs> it, it is a long movie. It's a long. There's two versions too. There's a uh, one that's two two thirty eight, and I think the other one's like two forty four or something like that. Melancholia der Angel or the Angel's Melancholy. Uh, it's a German movie. Um, so I won't say too much about it right now. But holy shit, <clears throat> this is a hardcore movie. I will say that. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I don't think I watched enough of it for it to get super hardcore. Yeah. Super hardcore. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, I think I started it way too late. I didn't realize it was as long as it was. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm not gonna be able to stay awake for this one. So I was like, all right, I gotta circle back. I was like, Mike's going to kick my ass. But, um, Uh, um, it definitely could have been trimmed down some for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, Let's just say you get it all. You get it all. You get it all oh, okay. in this movie. Uh, um, and, uh, and then some. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's that's yeah. different. There's, I, I, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I kind of like movies like that. I'm like, damn, it checked off all the damn boxes. So this yeah. checks off the boxes, all uh, of them, and a I'm, couple more. I'm not going to say I liked it. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. Okay. I, I'm not going <laughs> to say I liked it. I... I, I endured it i experienced it um it tries to be it, it, it's like a duality thing it's trying to be two different things you know it's trying to be a little bit lofty but it's trying to shock you at the same time and sometimes those things <clears throat> counter out each other a little bit but um mm-hmm. i didn't hate it but we'll, we'll talk about it we'll, we'll, okay. we'll discuss more <clears throat> uh, later on okay up next is a little movie called no one will save you uh, dropped uh, recently on Hulu. Um, this is a little home invasion movie. The only twist being the home invasion. The girl is being invaded by aliens. Okay, um, so that's that's different. Um, yeah, a little twist there. Uh, pretty good. I liked it. Uh, the aliens, they're not like little feeble creatures. They're like they're like basically stalking her. Like you know, they're trying to get her. So there's some good little scenes with uh, her fight fighting off the aliens. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I'm good picture in my head. I was like, oh, they're gonna go in there and try to gangbang her. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't go. Like not that, that extreme, right? <laughs> not, not, that, not, <laughs> not so hardcore. <laughs> it's, on, it's it's on Hulu. It's just not that extreme. Um, up next was a little 1987 movie called My Best Friend Is a Vampire. Have you seen this one? I think so. Um, what year did you say that come out? 1987. I didn't realize it was that old. Okay, I have seen it. God, it's been a long time. Shit, I probably I think I was in high school, seriously, when I saw yeah. it last. So it's yeah. been a while. It's it's funny though, isn't it? 
Is it a comedy? Yeah, yeah, it's a horror comedy. I mean, it's 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 PG. You know, it's not heavy or anything, but it's still it's about vampires and stuff. And then, yeah, it, it's a fun little movie. I mean, you know, if you like that kind of stuff, if you're in the mood for that kind of stuff, you know. So sometimes it's good to throw like we watch horror movies all like like you and I we watch horror movies all the time. So sometimes it's fun to throw a com- like a horror comedy in there, yeah, because you know, it changes it up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, <clears throat> the last few things I did was the American Horror Story episode one of the new season. Um, like, like I talked about before, I, it, it Rosemary's Baby's kind of vibe. So, I mean, you know, I, nothing substantial to make me go, this is going to be a good season so far. We'll see. And then, like you said, uh, I rewatched The Hills Have Eyes as well. And we'll talk more about that here in a minute when we talk to our guest. You ready to bring her up? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Sounds good. So tonight we have Susan Lanier. Susan is an actress, producer, writer, vocalist, and a musician, not to mention one of my favorite screen queens, um, mostly famous for The Hills Have Eyes. Hey, Susan, how are hey. you? Good, hey. girl. How you doing? Good. I am so excited to have you on here. When your name was first mentioned to me, um, I was like, oh, hell yes. Got to have Susan because you're so full of energy and you're just a fireball and absolutely love you. Amazing actress. And you've been busy for, (laughs) you have so many projects going on, it seems like. Actually, I am the busiest I've been in quite a few years, actually. I mean, I've always worked. I've always done a project or two. Um, I'm an artist whose focus shifts frequently. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I go from art form to art form because I've done TV, film, music, music produce, producing, writing songs, and as well as writing scripts in a book. And so I, wow. I never get bored because I'm on some project or another. But acting wise, I've been quite busy um, recently and and I have two or three films lined up. So that wow. after strike. So. I'm kind of busy and excited. Yeah, it's a good time awesome. for That's me. That's great. Hey, Susan, let's let's take you back a little bit. Let's go okay. back to the beginning. What got you into art at all? Like, be, be it film or music. What what happened first, and how did it come about? Okay, so I, I'm I'm not sure which happened first. Um, my granddad. Uh, from East Texas, was not wealthy. He had a piano on his front porch. And as a child, little child, my mother would take us to visit her parents. And so uh, he would met, he played the piano really wonderfully. Funky old blues, you know, downbeat kind of East Texas thing. And um, I was always fascinated with music um, but by the age of 13, I was very clear I wanted to be an actor. I was walking through the park one day and I saw an audition and I asked if I could audition and I got the lead and then won a big award that summer in Dallas, Texas. Um, and I had the bug and and it was like, I, I feel like so lucky that I knew what I wanted to do. Um, with both of those things very, very early in my in my age, you know, for my because I, I meet a lot of kids right now um, that don't they're 20 and they still don't know what they want to do. 
Well, I knew what I wanted to do at 13. And so without a doubt. And so it was like, then you can make plans and take classes and, you know, gear your life to go in the direction you want it to go in uh, if you start early. And and I think that I, I was very blessed about that. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, tell us about I am. I'm sorry. I have to ask about the Hills Have Eyes. Like, how did how did did you know what you're auditioning for? Tell us a little bit. Like, tell us a little bit about it. By the time I was asked to audition for the Hills of, I actually wasn't, it really wasn't an audition with Wes Craven and Peter Locke, the producer. It was more uh, of a meeting. They had seen my work on television. The casting directors also knew my work very, very well on television. I had also starred in a major play with Richard Chamberlain and, and Dorothy McGuire and Raymond Massey, Eleanor Parker at the Amundsen Theater here in LA in 1975 and six. Um, and so that's hard to get those kind of jobs. It's a big, big theater here in Los Angeles and it's very prestigious. So I was in my very early twenties when I got that job. And um, so it opened a lot of doors for me. Um, then, and, and it, initially when I moved here, I only wanted to do comedy or serious theater. Uh, I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd ever do a horror movie. Um, but I'd done a lot of TV and I wanted to star in a movie. And so when I was offered that role, my agent was just furious. He said, no, you're not going to do it. You know, it's a horror movie. It'll ruin your career. And um, I just said, well, I am going to do it. And I love the role. And I had met Wes Craven. He was so cool and he was so nice. And I said, and I, I love the director and I want to work with him. So um, I did it. And I'm sure there are certain people that I lost um, maybe a little collateral with, you know, because I, I did a horror movie. Um, but The Hills Have Eyes ended up being... A, a life-changing experience for me. So uh, not only career-wise, uh, but also personally. I met um, my, later I met my husband who had seen The Hills Have Eyes and we connected from The Hills Have Eyes. So oh, yeah. it was like, you know, I would never have met him had I not been in The Hills Have Eyes but more than likely. And it, yeah. it was just kind of, um, life-changing and I'm still working off of the hills have eyes yeah do you work a lot of conventions like horror conventions no I um I just I turned them down yeah uh, um some I do a few um I find them to be hard work and um it, it's very tedious you know you you've got to be sitting there for two days um yeah. And um, I do love meeting fans and I love my fans, but I don't really like the convention circuit that much. So I'm one of the ones who aren't always trying to hustle those. I'd be good with two a year, period, mm -hmm. just two a year. That would be fine for me because you've got to fly there and, 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 um, you know, honestly, I'd rather be writing music or working on music than, um sitting in a chair for two for two days <laughs> yeah. so sure. I don't yeah. and and you know I think uh, you know I I think they're great 
for meeting your fans, but I think you've already, they already know who you are. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. I feel guilty about turning them down sometimes, but uh, I'd rather be creating a new project than, than sure. cashing in on the old, old stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 That's all right. I think that's, that's great. Good for you. And you're, you're so busy too. It's probably hard to even just take two full days and put it to the side, you know, to do those things. I'm well, sure. I was just in New York um, working with my musical director, Carl Danielson, on um, a cabaret show I'm going to be putting up in New York. And um, that to me is really exciting. And I write a lot of music. Um, I'm determined to have a new Christmas song out this year and recorded by Christmas. And um, I just, you know, my my thing is the creation of stuff and and I, I get bored sitting there all day long. Yeah. I, I know that probably sounds snotty, but um, but I do. You know, it's like I I'm not a convention. You know, I'm not wild about them. I'm supposed to do one um, for the new movie I did uh, recently um, next weekend in L.A. And the L.A. conventions are the least uh, exciting because there's so many celebrities that go. And, and so the fans are just going from table to table, to table, to table. And there's not yeah. really time mm -hmm. to have a connection with people. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could, I could definitely see that. And you know, what? I didn't even know that you were a musician. I had no idea. Yeah, so let's talk about that. What yeah. kind of, uh, what kind of music are you making? And do you tour? Do you uh, put on shows? What do you do? Yeah. Like in the seventies, I sang backup for, you know, a few people. I always like to harmonize. I started writing songs without hardly any training when I was in high school and they were horrible. They were just horrible songs. So, you know, but I really enjoyed writing music. So um, my late husband wrote Superstar with Leon Russell and uh, he produced Eric Clapton's first album. And so when I was, he, he had a group that your, your audience might be familiar with Delaney and Bonnie and friends. And they were a wonderful rock group in the late sixties and they were broken up by 1971. And I met him in 1977 and our whole life, my whole life became not only about acting. He loved the fact that I acted, but, you know, he he was a musician till the day he passed away. And so he was producing everybody, Joe Cocker, I mean, Jimi Hendrix, um, there was George Harrison was on the scene. Everybody was, you know, at his house or our house. And later when I moved there. And so it was like um, a real scene that I've been in since the late seventies. So um, it, it actually is a little bit more exciting and the people seem to be more grounded. You know, if, if there is such thing, the music world is quite wonderful. My son is also a guitar player and he plays with 45 Grave and he was uh, the lead guitarist for the Dickies for a while. So okay. um, he's in music as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I, I don't have a traditional, I, my show's called Swamp like Swampland uh, Cabaret. So it's sleazy. It's a little bit nasty. It's very bluesy and um, and rock. And it's about my story. 
and it's a it's a it's more of a cabaret venue type of sound than um I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it would be a great rock club you know uh show um I, so I'm I'm not I don't consider myself a rock and roller kind of somewhere between musical comedy and rock <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna lie. I love uh, Swamp Cabaret. I was like, "Ooh, that sounds that sounds like that sounds good." <laughs> well, I'm gonna have a CD available on CD Baby or YouTube or whatever it's called that people can buy, and it's it's 15 songs of my show called Swamp Cabaret. And I also have a new EP that I haven't quite released yet called Allergic to Texas, and it's all bluesy. So. Um, yeah, I, I love doing both. And okay. some of my music ends up in films. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you've got, you've, um, just finished up, um, a couple of projects. Um, so tell us about, tell us about these, um, movies that you just finished up. Well, I'm excited about both of them. Actually, I just finished one called Black Mass. That's directed by Devaney Penn. I don't know if you've interviewed her yeah. before. But no, we haven't interviewed her, but I know who she is. She's just, she out of the blue called me and asked me if I'd like to do a role in Black Mass. Um, and that explained she was directing it. And I had met her before. And I said, well, yeah, I'd love to do your movie. And I don't have a big part in that. I play... Um, a mom, a German mom. And that and that was nice because I had the challenge of being able to, uh, it takes place in the seventies and it's making the festival circuit right now. And I got to do a little German accent and, and I've seen the footage and I really am proud of what ended up in the film. Uh, though it's not a huge part, I just like to work. Uh, and then, um, and she just has really proved, proved to me and to whoever's seeing the film um, that she, she probably is somebody who's going to be directing a lot. You know, I really have a, a great deal of respect for her. Um, and then uh, I fit, just finished a film called The Boatyard and they're marquees in Times Square saying coming soon and there's marquees in Hollywood right now. And uh, it was written by Rory Graham and directed by Dale Stelly. And I have a, a much bigger role in this one. And um, in the Black Mass, I play a very prudish mom. And in <laughs> Boatyard, I play a mass evil bartender killer. And yes. so and just dirty and sleazy and whatever. And and I love the fact that I have, you know, footage playing both of those things. Cause yes. I hate being, you know, let's get let let's get Susan for the evil one or let's get Susan for the, the PTA mom. No. And um and then I have a, a couple of um uh as a matter of fact, we had our rap party for um the boatyard this week and uh, Thursday. And it's, I, I think it might have legs. I, I, you know, you never know. I mean, when I did the Hills of Eyes, I never knew if it was good, bad, not. I just was, you know, I'm a typical actor and actors just like to work. And so. When, when did you know that it blew up? At what point were you, you like, know, wow. That, probably about a year and a half later. 
uh, after it was released. It was released, I think, in 77. I did the tour with Peter and Wes flying around to the openings um, um, when it opened. Um, and I starred in it. So, you know, I played Brenda and I'm the star of it. So they asked me to do the tour and I did. Um, it's not my picture on the cover. So it has that picture of Michael Behrman that really makes it look like his, it's, you know, he is the movie. Um, and he's a dear friend of mine. Um, but, um, I guess that was, a, a for sales purposes and I suppose it worked. So, you know, um, he, so anyway, uh, I think about a year and a half Later, I began to get an idea that maybe the Hills of Eyes would uh, be a contender for a classic, but it was put into the Museum of Modern Art in New York on permanent collection. Now, I don't know if it's still there or anything about that as the greatest terror, mm. not horror terror classic ever made so when it got that award and was put on permanent collection i thought well <laughs> i didn't think of it as a terror classic but i suppose it is and um and i i think then i knew that maybe it would have it would have longevity but i never thought it would have this long of longevity because i i have fans all the time everywhere that are they just love that movie and they play and, you know, Halloween is my, my month, October becomes my month, you know, because everybody loves the Hills have eyes because it is scary. And then they did the remake. And I saw that I went to the opening, the red carpet opening. Um, and I thought it, it had um, some nice highlights to it, but I think it lacked the rawness and the edginess of the first one. You know, there were just too many special effects with the real hill, with the original hills have eyes, um, you can almost believe that could really happen. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, realistic. But the remake, you know, it had so many special effects. I don't, I, I, per, I you know, maybe I'm biased, but um, <clears throat> I felt like it was a little too, you know, gimmicky. No, it's definitely polished. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the boatyard has that rawness that the hills have eyes has. I think that it and and I was talking to the director on Thursday, Dale Stelly, and he said, um, you know, I wish I had had a budget where I could really put in a lot of special effects. I said, I'm so glad you didn't because <laughs> you know it's kind of raw, like the hills have eyes, and maybe it will uh, have that. You like I said, you never know, but. You know, you never know if a movie's going to make it or not, or how long it will have, you know, any kind of prominence. You, you just never know. Yeah. And the, um, the boatyard. So it's, it's, it hasn't actually come out yet because you, y'all yeah. just finished, you just had the rap party. So, but mm -hmm. it's all, that's great that it's already like out everywhere coming soon. That's awesome. So there's a lot of hype. Is there a teaser I, trailer? I think I think they have a fairly nice, you know, PR advertising budget. So, I mean, to get a, a billboard in Times Square that. Yeah, I was going to say that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there a teaser trailer for it yet? Uh -huh. There is. Okay. Right. Um, on Instagram. And okay. it's 
Instagram the Boatyard movie. Okay, there's a trailer. There's a trailer on there, and I look quite different in the um, trailer than I do today. (laughs) I love your look though, and it's uh, when I first looked at your um, IMDb. My first thought was like, oh my God, she looks like Bridget Bardot. I love it. <laughs> I love your look. It looks so great. So so you play in the boatyard. You're like the killer. So you got a completely different look. But that's oh, great though. That's ratty, um, that's ratty hair and a motorcycle yeah. jacket. And just, you know, I'm just mean as hell. So, you know. <laughs> oh, it's, that's awesome. It's fun. You know, life as an actor is a lot of fun. It's also hard work and um, a lot of rejection, a lot of disappointment. And uh, I just let, uh, you just have to learn to let it roll off. And I think I was at an advantage with all that because of the music. Like if I didn't get something or I was rejected in some way, because everybody gets rejected, your biggest stars have been turned down for roles. Um, I just go into my studio and write music and, and I don't even think about it. You know, I can go into the thing about music is you have total control over it. You can, you know, finish a song, go pay money and have it produced, or maybe a label will have it produced, but you have control over your product. And I believe that the way technology is developing will have that same sort of control more so uh, at least for low budget projects with the accessibility of technology the way it is. Um, I teach acting uh, on film sometimes. And uh, what I emphasize, you've got to go shoot yourself. You've got to set up that camera and 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 watch yourself and shoot tiny vignettes. They can be little seconds of things, you know, but but the accessibility of technology was never as exciting as it is right now. And before it was a whole audition process. And then you go to the director and producer and they have to okay you. Now you can kind of work if you want to, if you have an iPhone, you know, acting. Yeah. 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 Technology has come along. We were talking to, and we had um, Carl York um, several weeks back, and he was saying back when he did Cannibal Holocaust, he was like, it was it was really luck. He said, I just so happened to have been home that day and answered my phone, and it was his agent. He's like, if I wasn't home, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. Um, I was like, yeah, so technology is it really come a long, a long, long way. You're right. I did um I did the pilot for Three's Company and I had just come out of the desert. Um, I had the Suzanne Summers part Chrissy, and I had just come out of the desert from the Hills Have Eyes. I there were no groceries in the house. So I had gone and there was no cell phone or anything like that. I went to the grocery store in Studio City and it's called the Market Basket, and I was buying groceries. I had sand in my hair, no makeup on. I looked like hell. And I heard over the loudspeaker, Susan Lanier, come to the office. Susan Lanier, come to the office. I went, is that me? Oh God. And it was my agent. He said, get over to ABC. You're going to test for Three's Company. And I went, I can't. I'm dirty. I've got sand in my hair. I look like shit. (laughs) And he goes, get over, put your groceries down, get over to ABC right now. So he was able to page me in the grocery store. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, things have changed so much. <laughs> that is so crazy. That's a fun story though. <laughs> Susan Lanier. And what was Please that? Report to the office. What was that like? Three's company. And also well, welcome back Cotter and all these other things. Happy days. Yeah. All these things that you did. <laughs> all of them were great experiences. Uh, Three's company, probably the least, because, you know, it was one of those things where uh, my agent had negotiated uh, because there was another girl doing the role and, and she wasn't working out. And I'd lost in the middle of rehearsal. They let her go and they replaced her with me. And I lost five or six days of rehearsal. So I only had about three days to learn all of the lines and do the show in front of a live audience two times. And because they were so desperate, um, they, my agent had him over a barrel and he really negotiated a lot of money. And uh, that didn't set so well after the pilot sold. And for whatever reason, maybe they preferred, you know, I mean, I thought, I thought Suzanne did a great job. And um, so but that was one of my show business disappointments. You know, I have to be honest about it. I really wanted to do that series. Um, and then later, you know, it didn't work out for her either. And so uh, I went on to do some really prestigious theater in New York. And and I feel like maybe everything happens for a reason, you know, and and you have to kind of just believe that, you know, are are you are you're not suited for this business? Because that that was that's a biggie. That's a big loss, you know. And um, and I can rationalize it all I want that it wasn't such a big deal, but that was a big loss, and it, and it hurt your feelings, you know. But that's okay. I mean, and I loved Henry Winkler I, playing on Happy Days. I love Henry Winkler. He is the nicest man in show business. And I saw him recently at the Hollywood Celebrity Convention and um, they were having a Happy Days sort of reunion thing. And it was so good to see him. And he was the first date I had in L.A. when I moved here in 1975. And, um, and he was just as sweet as he could possibly be. And it was just great seeing him. And I'm friends with all of them. I was friends with Gary Marshall until he passed away. And um, and then Travolta and I are just about the only ones left out of the Cotter crowd. Uh, Larry Hilton Jacobs is still around. And I celebrated Fourth of July with him about five years ago. So oh. we're, you know, we all kind of, it, it's a small... You know, it seems and sounds so huge, but Hollywood is kind of a small town in its own group, you know, in its own way. I'm I'm not in the the new uh, uh, circle of whatever, you know, but of 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 our uh, generation, we were all pretty tight. See that though, I can see that for sure. So tell yeah, so tell us about like your experience on a film set because a lot of a lot of people like from an outsiders they don't realize um it's because it looks like acting in being in movies it looks so glamorous but it is a lot of work a lot of work and a lot of waiting. First of all, it's very very physical. You know, um, I I've been 
you know, bruised or injured probably on every set I've ever worked on, including the boatyard, which I just finished. And at this age, because I have to be stabbed and 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 crawl on this dirty floor. And and it's like, uh, you know, the guy kind of stabbed me too hard, you know, and I went, hey, wait, dude, you can't do that. You know, uh, you got to fake it. And um, and and yeah, it, it looks it's set up. It's supposed to look easy. And it's supposed to look glamorous. A lot of people think it's easy and glamorous and, oh, I think I'll go be an actor. They have no idea. A lot of it is waiting in your trailer for, for your time. And you're just sitting there and you're waiting and you're waiting. I did uh, one of the days on Boatyard, I had a like a 6 a.m. call or something. And we broke it at 10 at night or something. And, and I didn't do say one word. They never got to my scene. They had to put me for the day, but you know, I'm sitting there all day in makeup, ready to go, and we never got to the scene. So that happens a lot. So it's sitting and waiting, and so I always take um, my work, you know, on my computer so that I can work on my book or whatever I'm working on um, uh, to fill that time. And then once you're on the set doing the scenes over and over and over and over again. And, you know, you, you do the master shot and then you come in for um, medium shots and over the shoulder shots and then your close up and all those things have to be done over and over and over again. And they all have to match up. So it's not just saying the lines that you have to get right. It's matching the action that you have to get right over and over and over again so that it looks like one take. And that very rarely happens. So it's hard work. It's really hard. It's very physical. Yeah. Yeah. That's, have you ever been like, um, um, like talking about that, you watch like behind the scenes and like when they have to wear a lot of makeup or get in these suits and it just takes hours and hours and hours and hours. Have you ever had to do anything like that? Like, no, it's long enough. I think the, the, the most tedious one was when I did days of our lives, because you walk in, you go, you go to one chair and then they just take you and put you in another chair and they put you in another chair and, you know, and dress you. And you're kind of that they have a nicely oiled machine there. You know, they, it's down to a fine art, the technical part of it, because they have to move so fast, but I have not had to wear anything that would take hours and hours to do. I think kind of thank goodness I would do it if the price was right, but you know, <laughs> I, nobody, I haven't had to do that. No. Yeah. I think that would be very difficult for me because I'm always like wanting to move around and do things. That would be really hard for me to sit there that long. But even like when I, when I do, I do cosplay and I've learned how to do like my own makeup and it takes me just to do my makeup myself. Sometimes takes me a good two hours. So when you're having it professionally done in the whole body suit, they're like, yeah, my makeup took eight hours. And then it was, I was tired before we even started filming. I think that would be so difficult. Yeah, that's, that's challenging sometimes when you have to, you know, get there really early and, and just be on the set really early. And I'm not an 
early riser. I'm a night crawler from nightclubs and, and nightlife. And so it's really difficult to get up early. That's in the me morning. too. Yeah. <laughs> it's all of us. Uh, yeah, it is all of us. <laughs> but yeah. we do what we have to do. And, um, and uh, you know, I'm kind of used to that. I did a, um, a horror TV series that was shot during COVID, produced by Brooke Lewis Bellis, who is um, known in the horror world as kind of as Miss Vampy. And she is an amazing um, producer. And um, I did that. It, she made it into a series, but we shot it during COVID and when nobody was working, when all the studios were were shut down tight because um, there was no vaccine yet. That was before the vaccine. And um, uh, it was uh, directed by Joshua Butler. And um, they had came up with the idea of doing a horror series in our own homes. And so uh, nobody got together. And so it was kind of written, a lot of improv. Um, and, you know, uh, one day was the director and me and the director and um, well, um, uh, David Alpay plays one of the roles and um, Robert Blake's son, Noah Blake is in it and um, different people. There, there were about five or six of us and Brooke. And um, so one day, you know, I have my phone or he has his phone and I'm showing him locations in my house that would work for the scene. Right. And then I had to light it and then tie myself, chain myself up. And, you know, and so I had to do everything and it was really, really challenging. And then he shot it on Skype and it ended up being a little series. It's on some network. I'm not sure. Maybe 2B. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's kind of interesting that we were able to do. That was what I was talking about earlier is that you can now have the capability to create your own series or your own vehicles. You know, you don't have to wait for the studio or casting director to call you in. Go make films. You know, we so got you just filmed it yourself. Then you filmed it yourself and sent to him. So everybody was filming their own little part, right? Well, he filmed it on Skype. And, oh, okay. Uh, um, and then it then most of it was creative. It's called Red Rooms, and it, everything's red, kind of. And he created it. Um, in he really made it work in post. It wouldn't have worked had he not been a really good post editor or gotten whoever he got to edit it um, because he knew what he was doing technically, but he filmed, he actually filmed it on Skype and it turned out. Okay. I mean, it's a little fuzzy, but you know. So I saw, um, I saw that earlier. I think it is on Tubi um, red rooms. Um, I remember seeing that. So now that I know that I've got to go back and watch it for sure. For sure. Most of it was improvised because um, Mm -hmm. he 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 had, I think, all of it really. It wasn't very. It wasn't scripted. So was it? uh, Did it have anything at all to do with um, a virus or quarantine or anything along those lines at all? It didn't have anything to do with a virus, but it did have to do with an evil, you know, an evil presence. And um, and they came up with it and wrote it and. Brooke and I have done uh, 
different projects together. We did a comedy called Stripped Together and we're just really good friends. And I have deep respect for her knowledge of show business. If, if I have a biz question, she's the first phone call I make. She knows everything about show business much more than I do. But um, she's a, a real, a real go-getter. I mean, she knows how to get stuff done. I'm more of an artistic nature and I can do the work, but I'm not a go-getter or a hustler. She's, she's, she can really get stuff made. And uh, that was interesting. So together y'all are like the perfect team then. Yeah. I mean, we, she was in my music video that I did with Michael Behrman on a song I, I wrote with Ron Finn and the song is called watch what you ask for. You just might get it. So it's a music video. Michael, Behrman wanted to be in it and I adore him. And then Brooke said, well, I want to be in it. I said, oh, let's just everybody be in it. And and uh, I wrote it and it's to the music, but uh, I did direct that and produce it. So um, uh, anyway, that's on um, uh, YouTube under oh. Suze Lanier Bramlett. I, 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 I'm also known as, I'm Susan Lanier from The Hills Have Eyes, but I'm also known as Susan Lanier Bramlett when I do music. And so it's a little confusing. So I'm mostly just Susan Lanier these days, but if you're looking for music videos, it's under Susan Lanier Bramlett. When I, when I segued in the 80s from acting to music, I really just wanted it to be like Suze. <laughs> so anyway, so I did a lot of music under that okay. name oh, well, okay that's awesome well susan uh, you've done some other horror films now you did like cut and area 51 and stuff like that i know you said originally you weren't looking to do horror movies have you grown to like horror movies is that something you kind of do look to do now again i like to work and so um because i have a fan base uh in horror i'm asked to do more horror I do have a script that is a comedy that is very much kind of like Barbie, maybe that I, um, if once the strike is over and it looks like it's just about to end um, and it gets greenlit, I think I have a really interesting role in that. And it's a comedy. Um, What my, I really love comedy the most, but um. I'm lucky to be, you know, I've been in this business a long, long time. And so anything I get, I'm lucky to have. And I, and I, I understand that, you know, a lot of people that have been in the business as long as I have don't remember lines anymore, they're retired or whatever, and I'm not there yet. So, you know, I'm grateful that I'm just working. So if I get offered horror and I like the role, I'm going to do it, you know, I love the role of Martha in the boatyard. I mean, she's just awful. So, you know, yeah. hmm, I, I do like playing the bad guy a lot. That's awesome. And so uh, most of your movies, it's it's horror and comedy from what I can tell. So you said you, lo- you love comedy. Do you, do you like, lo- personally, do you like horror movies personally? No, I won't watch them. You won't watch them? (laughs) (laughs) No. When I did No Solicitors with Eric Roberts, it was directed by John Callis. And um, I went to the screening of it. It was a red carpet opening in Santa Monica. And I 
I went by myself and I shouldn't have, but I do. I went by myself. And after we walked the red carpet and said hello to everybody and then the, sh- the movie started, I went, I cannot watch this. You can't watch it. <laughs> it's just too weird. And I, and I left because it, it was disturbing. And um, I like to write horror movies, but, um, and I have, uh, I'm, you know, uh, I've pitched a couple of projects that I've written and that's different, but watching them, I really get absorbed into the story, you know, and, um, and no, but I love comedy. Comedy just lightens the world. You know, my, one of my first jobs in Hollywood was doing stand up. Um, on the Tony Orlando and Dawn show teamed up with George Carlin. And that, that was a really big deal. And he taught me a lot about comedy. So he was amazing. He was amazing. And um, so I've been really lucky to work with some amazing people. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. You know, um, I, one of the things that comes to mind, I guess, start on um, Barnaby Jones, and I worked with the great late Pat Hingle, and uh, he was the guest star, and I was co-star or something. I don't know. And uh, he, it was one of my very first shows, and he goes, "You're from the theater, aren't you?" And I went, "Yeah, I am." And he goes, "All right, come to my dressing room. I've got to teach you some things, and uh, about." about film acting movement, movement with your body and asking for a sandbag, which is a bag of sand, which you put on your mark so you don't have to look down. So your toes hit the sandbag and you don't go over the line. A lot of actors don't know to do stuff like that, you know? And um, so I, I was really lucky. Pat Hingle was one of the, in his day was extremely famous and and for him to care enough to say okay this is how you do it you know ask for a sandbag don't be shy you know just little things that I would never have thought of coming from a theater background yeah yeah because it's completely it's different you would think it would be the same but it is different right totally different totally different yeah yeah so do you like, do what do you like better? Do you have a preference? Do you like um, theater or? If you had asked me this question five years ago. <laughs> yeah. I would have said maybe theater. Yeah. But, um, and I love doing my cabaret show and I love doing music. Um, but nowadays I really prefer film because, you know, you do it, it's over with. I, w- I just got back from New York where I was thinking of getting involved in a project. I just didn't want to be in Manhattan that long. (laughs) And so uh, I'm a real LA girl now. I used to be a Manhattan girl, Um, but um, it's a real time commitment. So at my age, some, some days you just go, Oh, I've got a cold or I've got a, you know, my knee hurts. I don't want to be stuck having to, to do a play night after night after night, eight performances a week, um, night after night after night, not feeling perfect, you know, and I have done that, you know, I've been sick on stage a million times when I was younger, but it's harder. It's a little harder um, as a more mature actor to be able to pull off 
a really brilliant performance. It's not that hard to do on film because you know, okay, I've just got to get through today, you know, or this week or this month and it'll be over. It's not eight performances a week of the same thing. But I mean, that's not to say if I was offered a great play, I'd turn it down. I wouldn't, but my preference is film. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see that though. I could see that. I would, I would get probably bored if I had to do the same thing every single night. So I could see that. Yeah. Well, for I, sure. I, I don't think I've ever gotten bored doing it because you always have this rush of energy from the audience, but yeah. um, you get that from your audience. But I love filmmaking. I think filmmaking, I think people are much more interested in going to see film uh, because they can watch it from their living room now than to get in their car, pay two or $300 for a theater ticket, be squashed on Broadway. They have not changed the setup of the seats on Broadway in many, many years. And people were a little smaller um, in those years and the seats are tiny. So if you are worried about something like say COVID or catching a cold or something, you, all these people are just bunched in together. The seats are not comfortable. And so it's like, it's like those, I'm talking about really just Broadway, the Pantages and some of the theaters here in LA are much more well-planned and spacious. Um, uh, but it's fun to just say, Hey, I think I'm going to go see a movie tonight. And you pay 20 bucks and you go see a film, you know, and, and now all the theaters have these cushy lounge chairs and, you know, you can have cocktails even or dinner while you watch a movie. I don't know. I think that's more fun these days. Yeah. I still, I, even though you can like watch everything from home, I still love going to the movie theater Me and too. just getting that experience. I, I just love that. Yeah. Um, I went and saw Barbie. That was the last movie I saw, but I, I, I feel, I, I really feel like I should be going to the theaters more to support them. So that so they don't just peter out, you know. What's the bit? Um, what's um a good play that you've seen recently? Have you seen anything recently that you like? Play? No, I mean I just saw Barbie. I'm trying to think what was the last play I saw. Oh, I saw David Dean Betrell do a one man show in New York last Monday the, of this okay. week. So um um I just flew back from New York. So. Uh, that was really good. That was in Pangea Cabaret where I would like to do my show, but he has a one man show and I can't oh, remember the name of it, but oh, and if you're in New York, go, it's worth the price of the ticket. So. Oh, okay. All right. Awesome. Did you like the Barbie movie? I'm just curious. Did you like it? I loved it. I haven't I thought, seen it. I thought it was brilliant. And I, I love the message that, um, and I love the special effects. I thought it was brilliant. And yeah could easily win the Academy Award this year. Oh, okay. Have you you've seen you took your girls to see that, right, Mike? Yeah. 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 My girls. Did they like it? They did. They're they're younger, so they didn't get all the messages and stuff, but yeah, they like it. It's very pink. Mm -hmm. I don't like pink. <laughs> yeah. It's like a thing you put on all the pink and then <laughs> go see the movie. It's very, very it's very, very pink. Yes. So wait, tell me this, I'm down to ask. So out of all the roles that you've played, do you have a favorite, a favorite character that you played? Um, 
I think if I was to pick one that I'm known for and that I am proud of, um, probably Bambi and Welcome Back, Cotter. I'm, I'm, that was a memorable role. Um, I love uh, starring in The Hills of Eyes as Brenda. So it's kind of a tie between those two. And those two are the ones I'm most known for. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I, so I watched, a, um, I did a rewatch of The Hills Have Eyes earlier today. So um, nice. <laughs> did you? That is so awesome. I was like, oh my God, I love your character. Is Brenda, right? Brenda's your character. I was like, oh, she's like so cute and fun. She, and she's, she's really great. And I actually, you know what, between the original and the remake, I by far the original. Um, yeah. love the original. It was really great. Thank yeah. you. One of the things that came to mind when I was watching it is, what about the elements? Now you're filming out in the desert and stuff. You know, we've talked, we've heard about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and how their their elements really made that film because it was so hot and everything. What about your experiences? Well, it was the same. And um, and prior to the Hills Have Eyes, I had had my own dressing room, my own makeup artist, I, you know, on TV, I'd been, mm -hmm. I had, I had gotten established enough that, you know, my agent could ask for certain amenities that were lovely. And, and I went into the Hills Have Eyes knowing they were on a very limited budget. I wasn't aware that I wouldn't have my own dressing room. We were all men, women, D Wallace, me, we were all in the same dressing room. Uh, trailer out in the hot sun of Victorville, California, and the elements were rough. And I really did. I when I came off of that, it took a month to shoot it, and um, I was bruised from head to toe. I mean, I was one solid bruise from being dragged in the desert floor at night. It was cold, and um, you know, like I said, acting is very physical. It's it's your mm -hmm. You're not just selling the words, but your body has to take on also the characteristics of the character you're playing. And then the circumstances, like being stabbed and, <laughs> and climbing on the floor a few weeks ago, you know, um, in the boatyard, it, you know, I was like going, oh, this really hurts, <laughs> you know? So you have to be pretty... Um, prepared for the physical challenges of it yeah you you are right you are so right when you say that because almost every time I've I've done acting I'll come home with like big bruises on my legs and it is crazy it really is physical it looks so glamorous and fun but it is it's a lot of work and yes you you do get a little, little bruises and bumps from it. It's um my first my first feature film. I was hit in the head with a glass bottle, and it was like a sugar. It was a sugar bottle, and they had they only had four of them. And the second one was they didn't realize it was a little thick. So when when I get hit in the head with it, you know, but like when you're filming, you kind of got the adrenaline rush, and I didn't realize that it. I thought at the that the end we were in breaks, and I was like, oh, I've 
there's blood. And I really had blood like it. And I had a big goose egg on my forehead. I was like, that is so crazy. I, I thought it was fake blood. I didn't even really feel it when it happened. But I was like, I really got clocked in the head with a big goose egg on my head. It's crazy. It, it, totally. I mean, you know, the one story that I haven't repeated too many times about the Hills of Eyes is uh, Virginia Vincent, who played my mother. Um, uh, they didn't have a uh, they scrimped on the budget for the stunt supervisor. And so she gets shot in that little trailer and they hadn't had the experience to tell her to make sure you wear a bra and she did not have on a bra. And so when she gets shot in the abdomen, she falls over from the sound and the squib that goes off that had been planted under her nightgown and it actually injured her breast. So when she fell over, it injured her breast and um, may she rest in peace. And, and that was her last day of filming. We had to fake her for the rest of the shoot because she had to go to the hospital. So that, you know, you, you also, you know, I tell all of my acting students that I teach um, to, you also have to stand up for yourself and, you know, don't be intimidated on the set. If somebody asks you to do something and you know, you could get hurt or you feel like you could get hurt or doesn't feel safe. You, but be you better speak up, you know, mm -hmm. don't be intimidated because nothing is wor worth getting injured, really injured. I don't mind a bruise or two, you know, and I'll go, but you know, like on the boatyard, the guy was, really method actor Jamal and he you know grabs me and and you know I'm fragile at this age you know I'm not as sturdy as I was when I was 20 and so it it kind of hurt I said dude no you know you can't grab me like that that you got to stand up for yourself yeah good for you yeah is it may he might not even realize that you know he, did, um, he certainly didn't do it on purpose it was yeah. totally Accidental, and yeah. he was just into the character and doing what his character was supposed to, to do, but he got a little bit too enthusiastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure those things like happen all the time. All the time, I'm yeah. sure that every day, you know. Yeah, that's. Do, just you do you have any like fun, crazy stories of anything like fun that's happened like behind the scenes? God, probably so many. I that it's yeah. It's Anyone that just kind of comes off the top of your head. I'm trying to think. I did a a pilot um, with Greg Malavy that I starred in called Wilder and Wilder, and um, uh, Meredith McRae was my sister. That was a fun, you know, a lot of antics on that set uh, doing that pilot. I've done a, a lot of pilots that that never took off. People don't, people don't realize how many pilots in the old days, not so many now, but in the old days, pilots were made right and left and they didn't pick up half of them, you know, and you'd get all excited about, you know, having your show uh, picked up and then you're always let down when it's not. And um, uh, so, no, I mean, I, I've done a lot of work nobody will ever see because it was just a pilot, you know. So, um, Susan, it's been so awesome talking to you. Um, yeah. I, I, I could sit here and talk to. We could sit here and talk to <laughs> okay. you all night. Yeah. 
So um, if if your fans wanted to like find you out there, are you on social media anywhere? I am. And both names um, are on different sites. So I'm on Instagram, Susan Lanier, actor. Um, Facebook, Susan Lanier Bramlett, Susan Lanier. I mean, if you type in my name on Google, all those mediums will come up. Um, um, X, Twitter, I guess they call it. I don't do much tweeting. Tweeting are threads uh too much uh but instagram and twitter i'm 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 there um and you can look at my new stuff coming up um uh on imdb under susan lanier and also my music's available on youtube and um i mean my music videos on youtube and um and uh cds are for sale too on you know whatever cd baby and all those all those platforms. So, yeah. yeah. And then you so check you out book? the. Yeah. Then you say you had a book. It's not finished. Oh, it's not finished. Yet. I can't promote it. I can't promote it until it's finished. It's very dark, and it's oh, a memoir, okay. but only six months of my life, and it was way before I moved to LA, and it okay. and and it's um about a murder and and that really happened, and it's it's pretty. It's pretty dark and funny and entertaining, I think. But I just have to finish it. Time, you know, every day there's something and I go, oh, God, I don't have time to write. You know, T writing is the hardest of all of them, I think. Yeah, yeah I would think so. So that'll give us something to look forward to then is your, yeah. your book coming yeah, out. Maybe I can come back when the book's finished. I think yes. that's more. Yeah, yeah so. that'd be awesome. And check it. And so um, we're going to check out um, the the Boatyard um, movie on Instagram. And that's where we can see the trailer. Right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. And then look out for Black Mass. And then um, okay. I think I'm doing another one. I don't know. I'm doing a couple more. Um, one in November, one in January. So um, just um, keep checking it out. And I'd, I love the fans to see the work. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Do you have anything else for Mike? I think that's all. We really appreciate you coming on. I mean, uh, obviously we love the movie uh, Hills Have Eyes and uh, a lot of the other stuff that you've done and looking forward to all the new stuff. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate okay. it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right. I'll talk to you guys. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Maybe after the Bogart comes out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll Bye. see what happens. Bye. Bye. Susan Lanier. Wow. Man. Fantastic, what? huh? Oh, my gosh. I so enjoy talking with her. I she is yeah. so fun, full of energy, and the her experience. Like, wow. I mean, she's been doing films for, God, a long... And she's and amazing. <laughs> amazing. One thing that I didn't mention while we were talking to her is that... When I first looked up her IMDb, mm -hmm. it when it's you know telling all the things she's an actress, producer, all the things. The very first thing that it says is multi-talented, sassy actress. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, IMDb doesn't calls her a sassy actress." <laughs> I was like, "That is so gnarly." <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you know, it's just so fun. It's just so fun to talk to, and I, I really enjoy speaking. With yeah, you. yeah. And what what great experiences like, to be on the Happy Days. I mean, like my earliest memories of of, of films is the Happy Days and, and Welcome Back, Cotter, and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. So what what fun uh, memories to have that experience uh, of, of doing those kind of shows and and so so many other things. I mean, her her uh, IMDb is very impressive. So. And still, and still getting out there and doing a lot of projects, it's, it's awesome. So Yeah, and she's like, I love to work. And so it sounds like she's always wanting to stay busy. And, and yeah. I love it how she did explain, um, like, the behind the scenes. And, and there's a lot, of, a lot of our guests don't talk about those things. They're, they're right. like, yes, I was in a movie, and I did this and this and this. And, but right. she, like, took it a whole step further. So I, I really enjoyed speaking with her about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, it was a good episode. Uh, you have anything else for me? Man, I don't I don't think I have anything else. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we're about to jump into uh, the holiday season in full on, full force here uh, with October coming up. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff. Um, there's conventions. There's horror movies everywhere. There's um, uh, haunted houses. There's all this stuff going on. So there's horror in your face 24-7, right? 24 sevens less than a week away so to me to me it's like not really any different than any other time of the year right, but same, right. but you see it so much so much more out there um right. do you do you have any any big plans for the month of october anything crazy uh not really big of course i do a big halloween sale on my movies every halloween i've been doing this since i've been making physical copies Every year we do a Halloween sale, and it's kind of our biggest sort of sale of the year. And it's, so that's the heaviest promotion. So I'm going to be doing that pretty heavily. I'm um, working on a couple of titles uh, for Blu-ray. They're not my movies, but I did help on them. So those are going to be probably coming out before Halloween. Uh, and uh, we'll talk more about those when they do. And, um, and stuff like that. Um, I don't really do the haunted houses anymore just because – I used to, but uh, I, I really haven't done those in, in a while. But, uh, uh, you know, I will go watch because I know that they're showing the thing locally here. I'm going to probably go watch that, you know, and a lot of other horror movies that they're going to show, you know, like older horror movies that they're going to show at the theater. And yeah, go, that yeah. I do. I do love. So it's funny because I'm mm -hmm. not really big on haunts myself. Mm -hmm. um, everyone automatically assumes, oh, my God, Bridget loves horror stuff. So she loves haunted houses. No, not really. Um, I think it, I, I like walking through haunted houses. Like, I like seeing the props. and That's, the, what, I, that's the what I do. That's, that's what I like. I like, this, I like the props. I like to see people that are creative with their costumes that you don't necessarily see. Uh, you know, sometimes they have just really cool um sets and stuff so that's, that's i love all that that stuff is is very fun but um yeah that that's sort of stuff and then of course i do want to check out i will go to the theater and watch the exorcist uh probably saw too um and you know see if i like those but yeah what about you what about you you got you got me uh the only big thing that i have planned and this just kind of come up this past week um um, so I just, you know, I just started a new job and it's, they're based out of Orlando and, mm -hmm. um, so they're going to fly me to Orlando for three days for training. And I was like, 
Um, so I'll just book my own flight because I'm going to stay through the weekend because I really want to go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, man, this is the perfect opportunity. I'm like, I'm already going to be in Orlando. I might as well just stay through the weekend. Um, just check that off my list. Um, it, it looks to me, you know, it looks like it's like just a bunch of haunted houses, but I'm like, it's Universal Studios. So they probably take it. A complete step further so yeah. i'm definitely going to check that out for sure so um yeah i know there's a chucky one and there's the exorcist and there's quite a few things yeah so yeah so I'll, yeah i'll talk about that so i'm going the first week in october actually yeah, i mean like god like two weeks I'm so coming up yeah. coming up yeah so well I'll have, i'm sure i'll have lots to talk about all right very cool sounds good well until next time stay hard core Hardcore! <laughs> Hardcore! Oh my gosh! Let me. Can I do that? Hardcore! <laughs> hey, that was pretty good, wasn't close it? Enough. That's close <laughs> enough. That's close enough. Well, all right. Until next time. Till next time. Later. Later. Wow, that's hardcore. Nothing harder. Hardcore Horror with Mike and Bridget is a part of the Tennessee, 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 Tennessee Horror Podcast Network.